Philippians 4. Therefore, my brothers, whom I love and long for, my joy and my crown, stand firm thus in the Lord, my beloved. I entreat Euodia and I entreat Syntyche to agree in the Lord. Yes, I ask you also, true companion, help these women who have labored side by side with me in the gospel together with Clement and the rest of my fellow workers, whose names are in the book of life. Rejoice in the Lord always. Again I will say, rejoice. Let your reasonableness be known to everyone. The Lord is at hand. Do not be anxious about anything, but in everything by prayer and supplication, with thanksgiving, let your requests be made known to God. And the peace of God, which surpasses all understanding, will guard your hearts and your minds in Christ Jesus. Finally, brothers, whatever is true, whatever is honorable, whatever is just, whatever is pure, whatever is lovely, whatever is commendable, if there is any excellence, if there is anything worthy of praise, think about these things. What you have learned and received and heard and seen in me, practice these things, and the God of peace will be with you. I rejoice in the Lord that now at length, I rejoice in the Lord greatly that now at length you have revived your concern for me. You were indeed concerned for me, but you had no opportunity. Not that I am speaking of being in need, for I have learned in whatever situation I am to be content. I know how to be brought low, and I know how to abound. In any and every circumstance, I have learned the secret of facing plenty and hunger, abundance and need. I can do all things through him who strengthens me. Yet it was kind of you to share my trouble. And you Philippians yourselves know that in the beginning of the gospel, when I left Macedonia, no church entered into partnership with me in giving and receiving, except you only. Even in Thessalonica, you sent me help for my needs once and again. Not that I seek the gift, but I seek the fruit that increases to your credit. I have received full payment and more. I am well supplied, having received from Epaphroditus the gifts you sent, a fragrant offering, a sacrifice acceptable and pleasing to God. And my God will supply every need of yours according to his riches and glory in Christ Jesus. To our God and Father be glory forever and ever. Amen. Greet every saint in Christ Jesus. The brothers who are with me greet you. All the saints greet you, especially those of Caesar's household. The grace of the Lord Jesus Christ be with your spirit. End of reading. So here's the conclusion of this letter. Uh, we call Philippians. And so it starts with this uh, mention of these two women, Euodia and Syntyche. I entreat Euodia and Syntyche to agree in the Lord. Um, not sure what the situation was there, but Paul is entreating them to agree in the Lord. And, uh, you know, that phrase, agree in the Lord, 
it's similar to other phrases we've heard in this letter. Uh, for example, being of one accord, of one mind, and that we do have this mind of Christ to account others more significant than ourselves, so on and so forth. Uh, so there's something really happening over there that matches the those theological statements and exhortations that Paul was talking about earlier. So he's really speaking into some kind of situation here uh, where these two women who have labored side by side with Paul in the gospel, whose names are in the book of life. And so Paul is calling these people to agree in the Lord. Uh, next, we have Paul saying that we should rejoice in the Lord always. And uh, he says it again, I will rejoice. So he's really trying to hammer this point home to rejoice in the Lord. And uh, all, all this part is is really bracketed by what it says in verse 1, to stand firm thus in the Lord. To stand firm thus in the Lord. So standing firm, uh, one of the ways to stand firm is like what we already said in verse 2, to agree in the Lord, to, to be together in that respect. In verse 4, to rejoice in the Lord always. That's part of standing firm. Here's another one. Let your reasonableness be known to everyone. Now, this word reasonableness, I don't, uh, I have a, a note here in the footnotes, gentleness. Um, I wonder if this word reasonableness appears anywhere else in the New Testament, because I, I don't even recall hearing that word. I definitely recall that concept for sure. You know, Paul says it in different ways. But I think that's a that's an interesting word, reasonableness or gentleness, and let your reasonableness and gentleness be known to everyone. So that's another way to stand firm. Uh, verse six: Don't be anxious about anything. Instead, by prayer and supplication with thanksgiving, let your requests be made known to God. That's another form. Uh, that I, I should say that's another aspect of standing firm in the Lord. And uh, the product of that would be, says here, the peace of God will guard your hearts and your minds in Christ Jesus. Um, which uh, there's an interesting phrase there in between, which surpasses all understanding. The peace of God, which surpasses all understanding. Um, so there's something about this that people won't understand. But in verse five, it says, let your reasonableness be known to everyone. So by reasonableness, uh, we don't mean to avoid living in such a way that some people wouldn't even understand. <laughs> because it says right here that this peace of God surpasses all understanding. So there's actually some aspects about the Christian life that people are going to look on and maybe even other Christians look on. And it surpasses human understanding uh, of uh, you know, how you could have that peace, how you could have your heart so so guarded and protected and preserved. Um, so I thought that was kind of interesting The uh, that those both of those things are true about uh, faithful Christians standing firm in the Lord. Uh, and then in verse 9, 
he says, what you have learned and received and heard and seen in me practice these things, you know, after he gives that list of if there is any excellence, anything worthy of praise, think about these things. So, you know, the Christian excellence and Christian appreciation and Christian thought should go beyond just uh you know what we read and what i mean by that is there are things that we can and should appreciate that maybe aren't necessarily explicitly named in scripture they would be consistent with what we read in scripture but there are certain things that paul you know he doesn't have time to list all of the things that are true and honorable and just and pure and lovely commendable and excellent worthy of praise so that's a that's a metric we can use for what we ought to think about and what we ought to practice. So in verse 9, what you have learned and received and heard and seen in me, practice these things. Uh, and then lastly, we have uh, Paul talking about, you know, the situation of, you know, how he's in prison and his is being in need and all that. And this is where we get that one of the most famous verses in the Bible. I can do all things through Christ who strengthens me. And uh, of course, the context of this is Paul saying, I know how to, I, sorry, verse 11, I have learned in whatever situation I'm to be content. I know how to be brought low, how to abound, in any and every circumstance, I have learned the secret of facing plenty and hunger, abundance and need. So that's what this verse, Philippians 4.13, is about. I have learned the secret of facing abundance and need. So um, that's, what, that's what this verse is about. Knowing how to be content in whatever situation. Knowing how to face whatever situation and still standing firm, and still being content. We can face any situation and every circumstance through Christ who strengthens us. We can go through all things. We can do all things through Christ who strengthens us. And then lastly here, we have Paul saying, this is a, this is a really cool verse, verse 17. He's, well, first in verse 16, he says, you sent me help for my needs once and again. Verse 17, not that I seek the gift that these people provide him, but I seek the fruit that increases to your credit. And uh, that's the kind of, I mean, that's the kind of Christian brother or leader or minister in our lives that I think we all would really like. Someone who seeks the fruit that increases to our credit. Uh, or it says here, I have another rendering of it. I seek the profit that accrues to your account. Um, and that should also be how we view how we minister to other people. How we can provide or serve other people. Not that we seek the gift but that we seek the fruit that increases to their credit. Um, so 
that uh that's really that's really selfless of Paul. You know, that's that's an example of what he was talking about in chapter two of you know, looking also to the interests of others, counting others more significant than yourselves, all that. Um and uh I think all in all, Paul is saying in his absence that that should be the attitude that that they should have in whatever situation they should be content. And in a, even in situations where they're in great need is to seek the fruit that increases uh, for others, how we can show love and serve others to be totally selfless. Um, and then it concludes with verse 23, the grace of the Lord Jesus Christ be with your spirit that he'll be with us and he will provide and that we can face all these things through him who strengthens us.